And what we're going to look at this morning is faith. <clears throat> now, faith ha has been a, a mystery to me. It's been elusive, especially as a child. I couldn't really understand what it was and, and uh, it's just mis mysterious. But, you know, Scripture clarifies what faith is. And, you know, the world today kind of appropriates words and changes the meaning of them. You know, uh, opinions and ideas are, are mistaken for faith. And there's a big difference between an opinion, an idea that might not necessarily be based on truth. And there's a difference in that and a belief when you accept something as true. You're more convicted. But faith, according to Scripture, is knowledge, conviction, followed up by action. It's not an idle thing. Scripture is very clear on that. Uh, the Webster's definition is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And the synonyms are belief, trust, confidence, credence, or credit. Uh, of course, that's an older dictionary. And then uh, in the Greek, uh, there in Strong's 3982, it's a persuasion, that is a credence, a moral conviction. Uh, that's what we're talking about here. It's a knowledge, a knowledge that's acted upon. That's true faith. So what's the difference? I'd like you to consider these two things. There in John 3 and 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we see a good result from belief. But then in James it said, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. You see, we know that, that the word does not contradict itself. But I would ask you, what's the difference in these two beliefs? You know, <clears throat> now, don't, don't get alarmed. I'm not going to talk about Santa Claus. But the fat man, okay? I, uh, before this coronavirus deal kicked off, uh, I went to the doctor, and I jumped on the scales, and it come up as kilograms. And she said, well, you can push that button, and it'll convert to pounds, so you can see what you weigh. And I was scared to push the button. So I reached up there and tentatively pushed that button, and it popped up 298 pounds. I'm two pounds short of 300 pounds. Man, I was a running back in high school. We didn't even have linemen that were 300 pounds. Two pounds short. Now, you know, scientific evidence and, and medicine will tell you, and just looking around at people, the older we get, you don't see too many guys over 50. The numbers start shrinking that are 250, 300 big guys. They usually don't make it that long. You start getting up in the 60s, which I'm creeping up towards that way, you see even fewer. Right? I mean, it's self-evident. Okay, so I, I have, uh, I believe that. I believe it. But I didn't act on it. You know, 
And I went to the doctor and he, he put me on 25 milligrams of blood pressure medication. Still didn't act on it. He put me on 50 milligrams. I still didn't act on it. Now I'm on 100 milligrams, you see. He says, you got to lose weight. Well, I know this. But I, have, I did not take action towards that, you see. It's a dead faith. And uh, the only thing that's made me act on that is I don't want to buy a new wardrobe. So I've lost about 30 pounds. Clothes are expensive. <clears throat> it's a dead faith. That's what it is. James 2 and 20, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Just because we believe something, or have an opinion about something, or an idea about something, and we don't act on it, well, it's dead. Hebrews 11 and 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Belief and seeking. It's an action. So truth, faith, Scripture shows us that it's knowledge plus action. And a dead faith would be knowledge alone or knowledge and a wrongful action. That's dead faith. Now I want to ask you to consider modern, man's modern way to salvation. The most popular thing going on in the country today and probably the world. Okay? You hear it at funerals all the time. You go to them and all you got to do is believe. That's all you got to do. You got to believe. Just have an idea. Some level of conviction. But that's all you got to do is believe. Just believe. James 2 and 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. That's what the scripture says. Man's modern way to uh, acquire salvation, 2.0. Take some form of action that's prescribed by a man or a group of men and has become tradition. And that's how you access God. Dear God, I welcome you into my heart. Please forgive me of my sins. Okay? So you believe, but you take an action that's not prescribed by Scripture. I've looked for it. I've tried to find it. It's not in there. Knowledge plus the wrong action. Now this is Jesus speaking to these guys. He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites. As it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. There's a lot of sincere people out there that have some level of belief and conviction that there's a God and Jesus Christ is His Son. And they take actions that were prescribed by men to worship Him. God said, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. It's not acceptable. 
James 2 and 20, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. It must be a correct action. A correct action. The scripture says there in Mark 16, starting in verse 15, And he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. There's a difference, you see. There's a belief that's followed up by action. Now we know that we humble ourselves, we confess Christ, we turn from our ways, we try to fight, fight these ways and uh, repenting of our sins. We're buried in baptism. Now, we know that God does the work, okay? But our part of it is humbling ourselves and doing His will and let him, letting Him remove those sins. <clears throat> Belief in a commanded action. Now, this is Peter speaking to the very men that demanded Jesus' death. Demanded and had an active part in this. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in the heart. Now, now Peter had just given them the gospel. How Jesus was the Son of God, went to the cross, died a death for all the sins of the world, was buried in the grave, and rose again. And they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. They believed. They were convicted. They wanted some help. And Peter showed them how to get it. Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. That's what Scripture says. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Speed traps. Okay. We, we, they're all over the place. There used to be one right outside of Wheeler. There's still one in Pampa. One of my, uh, the, two of the ones I avoid the most are out there in uh, Esteline and Chillicothe. They'll get you every time. Okay, I uh, called up a buddy of mine, who, a brother in Christ, he's a DPS officer, and, and I asked him, uh, what, what exactly is the law on speeding? I mean, I know you guys usually don't pull people over unless you're going so many miles over the limit. And I was just curious about that. And he said, depends on the conditions, okay? If, if, if the conditions are bad, you've got to slow down, right? If, if you're on an interstate, the example he gave me, if you're going through Houston or Dallas and everybody's going 85 and you're going 60, you're a hazard. You're a hazard. You need to be going the same uh, uh, speed as traffic. Now, I don't mean getting out ahead and whipping around and all this, but... but he, that he told me that that's, that's the application of the law. Now, many of us inherited uh, a gene for the lead foot. We did. <laughs> you know, and, and we like to go places fast. Uh, if I'm on the open road and there's not too much traffic around me, the speed limit's 75 and I'm going 85, 
I began to believe that that's wrong to do that. I'm breaking a commandment, and that's one of those things I'm, I want to correct. Stop willfully doing that, okay? But what happens when I have a belief, I know I have knowledge that a DPS officer is in certain places most of the time. Okay, so I'm going to avoid those places. Eventually, I'm going to come on a speed, tra tra speed trap I don't know about. Okay, and I believe that I'm going to get a ticket. Okay, if I'm still speeding, if I'm still in that habit, is that belief active? It's a dead faith. I have knowledge of it, but I'm not acting on it. I'm not acting on it correctly. And I want you to think about that. Uh, when it comes to the Lord. Is that how we deal with the Lord? Sooner or later, we're going to keep a date with death. We're going to keep a date with death. Either that or the Lord's going to come back. We have this knowledge. We see it happen every day. We lose loved ones. We, you know, we haven't seen the Lord come back, but we know one of two things is going to happen. We have that knowledge. So how are we acting upon this knowledge? Well, is abstaining from evil, is that enough? Is it enough to go home and go to our jobs, pay our taxes, keep the law of the land, come to church, Participate in the singing, worship in spirit and in truth. Is that enough? It's a good life, isn't it? James chapter 1 and verse 21. Doing good and resisting evil. Wherefore lay apart all fil filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. I believe that was mentioned in the prayer a few minutes ago. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Do not deceive ourselves. That's what the scripture says. God's commands. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now, it's pretty easy to do good to our brothers and sisters. Except for, except for Sean. Because Sean will trick you. He'll, he'll give you some nasty cheese or some fried bobcat or something. No, I, it's easy to be nice to Sean. It's easy, easy to do good to him. We love him and we all love each other. It's easy to do that most of the time. Sometimes we have differences with our brothers and sisters, but we work through that according to the scripture, right? But what about the world? It says, do good unto all men. Do we just pass people by? Do we let people in our circles that we work around, wherever we travel out there in the world, do we let them go by without hearing the gospel? That's the ultimate good. 
not sharing the word with them is not doing good unto all men. Matthew 5 and 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. It's an action. Our faith has to be made alive by action. We believe we're convicted. And we follow up by following God's command about what we should do. I know how difficult it is to pray for somebody that's just mean. Especially when they're mean to your family or your loved ones. That's hard to do, man. It's hard to do. God says do it. And you know what the good thing about that is? When we do it, he changes our heart. That's what he does. The command has a purpose. Do good to them that hate you. There are a lot of people in this world that hate us. A lot of people. And it's becoming more evident with each passing day. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use us. That's what the Word says. The Word didn't say it was going to be easy. But He gave us a path to ensure us. We know that when we follow these commandments, we have faith. Our action gives us confidence in that. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> So when we don't do these things, is it a lack of faith? If we go around and we talk about how we, we love Jesus and we believe in Jesus or we have these thoughts and that's all we do, is that a lack of faith when we don't follow up with the action? Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It is sin. When we know to do something, when we see, see something we're supposed to be doing, according to God, and we don't do it, that's a sin. Lack of faith is a rebellion. Is a rebellion. How many people, how many thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands, millions, how many people are going to live life on this earth and be good, respectable people, according to men. Go to church all the time and do, do a good, good act here and there. Especially to their friends and loved ones. And then they get to the judgment. Thinking they made it. And Jesus says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now that would appear to me that all these good works that they, that they were doing we're not according to God's command. 
They lacked faith in some way or fashion. True faith. A belief and a conviction and then a following through with action the way God wants us to do it. I don't want to be in this group and I know you don't want to be in it either. So where is our confidence? You know, I, I, I hear people pray a lot of times, uh, Dear Lord, uh, please help my unbelief. Please help my unbelief. Because they're struggling with that faith issue. Okay? They don't know, do I really believe in my own heart? Examining themselves. So where's our confidence? Jesus says that if we do the Lord's will, we're his brother or his sister. Can you imagine being called by the Lord, brother, sister? That's what we are when we do his will. Matthew chapter 12 and 50. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. To be related to the Lord and Savior. That's what the word says. Christ's declaration in Luke chapter 11 and 27. And it came to pass as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which gave hast thou, which thou hast sucked. But he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Not hearers only, but doers of the word. That's where our confidence is. That's where our confidence is. When we believe in Christ and we believe that he died for our sins and we were washed in his blood, he intercedes for us in heaven as we speak. Okay? Our confidence is in Christ and then when we do the Lord's will, it's evidence. It's evidence of our belief. I'm going to tell you something. The flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. And I've seen several men that have, and women, that have been members of the church for years, years, and they begin to doubt. They begin to doubt if they've been faithful enough. And they lose sleep over this, okay? That's our confidence. When we're doing the will of God, it's evidence of our faith. It's simple. It's what the scriptures say. Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the evidence of things not seen. What does your life say to God? What does it say to God? Because it makes a statement. It says something. We've all heard the gospel. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory that I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. You believe that? I know you do. 
I know you believe that. Is that idea or that belief in vain? Is it in vain? Well, have you obeyed the gospel? Because just believing in God ain't enough. It has to be in a live faith. Are you weary? Are you here today? Are you weary? I'm going to tell you something. I get weary. I get weary. Man, we've had people get sick. We've had people die. We, we are concerned. We hurt. For those of our number who are suffering, and we kind of get these ideas in our mind about someday they're not going to be around, and that makes it even worse. Are you weary? Galatians 6 and 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We have to work through that weariness. We have to make through it. As, as we have, therefore, an opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. That's how we make it through this weariness. We make it through the weariness by following the word of God to the end. Are you losing the fight? As you sit here this morning, are you losing the fight? Because there's a war going on. There's a war going on for each and every one of our souls. There's a war going on for the souls that are out there in the world. Where do you stand in that fight this morning? The good news is, as true faith overcomes. All this nastiness, all this meanness, all these uh, things that we see go on around us and, and uh, that we suffer from, faith overcomes it. True faith overcomes it. 1 John 5 and 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Our faith. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.